Welcome to the Eaching with Clarity podcast. This episode and the one that follows it are for you if you're utterly new to the Eaching. They contain a complete beginner's course that will take you from knowing nothing about the book at all to being able to consult the oracle for yourself. This will make it much easier for you to understand what I'm talking about in subsequent episodes. If you're not a newcomer to the I Ching, if you're already familiar with hexagrams and trigrams and changing lines, then you'll probably want to skip ahead and start listening again at episode 9. Welcome to this I Ching course for beginners. The course starts with the fundamentals, what the I Ching is and how it works, before you learn to cast a reading. This approach means that when you do cast a reading, you understand exactly what you're looking at and can start to interpret with some confidence. And finally, there's a bonus section on questions, because clearer questions are the best way I know to clearer readings. The name of the book. The Yi Jing, or I Ching, is an ancient Chinese oracle. Its name means classic book, Jing or Qing, of change, yi or yi. Jing, classic book, is the same word as in Tao Te Ching, or Tao Te Ching, the book of the way and its power. It literally means the warp threads on the loom. The oracle's given name is simply yi, change. In its earliest uses, this had to do with changes in the weather, the sun emerging from behind clouds. The ancient form of the character seems to show the sun and its rays. The same word, yi, also means easy, simple. A yi jing reading shows you change. It offers ways to understand and move with the changes around you, and to create change of your own. So should you say yi ching or yi jing? Well, there are two main ways of writing Chinese words in English letters called Wade Giles and Pinyin. So I Ching, in Wade Giles, and Yi Jing, in Pinyin, represent the same Chinese words for change and classic book. I usually call the oracle the Yi Jing, or simply call it by its name, Yi, change. How old is the book? The ancient heart of the Yi Jing was first written down about 3,000 years ago, by the Zhou people of ancient China. So you'll sometimes see this simple core text called the Zhou Yi, the Zhou people's changes. Since that time, people have never stopped consulting Yi as an oracle, exploring and studying it, which means that when you cast your own reading and begin your own conversation with Yi, you're joining an unbroken tradition that's been evolving and growing for some 3,000 years. What is the I Ching? There are two ways to answer that. I can tell you about the simple building blocks that come together to make this oracle, and how it works. And I can try to give you a feel for its nature as an oracle, and what it might mean for you. You need both answers, because both will give you a real understanding of what you're looking at when you cast a reading. This is what makes the I Ching a complete, beautiful world of divination, not just a baffling collection of ancient aphorisms. I'll start with the nature of the book. The Yi Jing is an oracle book. Instead of reading it through from cover to cover, you ask it a question, cast a reading, I'll show you how to do that in Module 3, 
and this shows you the sections of the book that answer your question, in its own beautiful language of patterns, imagery, omens, and stories. What kinds of questions? All kinds. People ask ye about the future, and even the past, but most of all the present, the aspirations, problems, and dilemmas we're living with now. Ye helps with decisions? What if I take this job, and what if I don't? It helps with solving problems. How to handle this? How can I help? It helps with understanding? Why do I react that way? It helps with realizing intentions. How can I do this? And it helps with any and every topic under the sun. People ask ye about relationships, forging connections and understanding, evolutions, endings and beginnings. We ask about family troubles or politics at work, and get some insight into the other person's point of view. We ask for guidance for career progress, and along the paths of personal development or spiritual exploration. And Yi also helps with the interpretation of dreams. I believe the first recorded dream interpretation reading was for the Marquis of Wei in 478 BC. You can ask Yi what a new course of study or spiritual teacher has to offer, or, come to that, what a new job or car or computer has to offer. This eclectic mix of examples might have got you thinking about the possibilities for your own conversations with the Yijing. You might also find the diversity a bit disconcerting. Many people do. But this is something I learned early on with Yi. Ordinary life is not separate from the spiritual, so I can't keep things in tidy boxes anymore. I found that Yi's answers to my mundane, practical questions will often show me spiritual roots to those questions. And just as often, if I'm asking only about the deeper things, what emerges is something practical for me to do. Yi doesn't, in my experience, seem to care what I'd find more comfortable. Talking with Yi means tapping into a deep understanding of the whole reality, with its underlying flows and potentials, and no boxes. Probably the most important thing is that Yi isn't, and never has been, just about predicting a future set in stone. Maybe because there isn't one? It's a way to gain insight into the present moment and live here to the full, with a little more grace and fluency. Often the best question is the simplest one. What do I need to know now? And what kinds of answers? By engaging with a situation through talking with the Yijing, instead of only thinking about it, you find you can stop the helpless circling around the same few facts and many guesses, and see into the essence of the thing. Yi won't make any choices for you, but it gives you the deep understanding that allows your own choice to take shape. Yi has a lot of the qualities of a good teacher and counsellor, its answers are absolutely practical, but also multi-layered. And how deep do you want to go? It's plain speaking. Yi's been giving real-world help for 3,000 years. It really isn't the happy rainbow unicorn fluff oracle. Yet it's profoundly kind. It's empowering. It firmly hands responsibility back to you. This makes it the perfect opposite of fortune-telling i.e. telling you what's fated to happen, as if your choices had no power at all. 
It's eye-opening. It expands your horizons, showing possibilities you'd never imagined, and shatters habitual ways of thinking. And it has no ideology, no set rules, except to be true to what's real, to move in harmony with the nature of the time. I once asked the Yijing itself, "What is the basic human need you answer?" The reply was radical change, hexagram forty-nine, changing to the well, hexagram forty-eight. Radical change is revolution, overthrowing the old order for a new ruling principle, and also a change of skin, transforming identity. And the well seems to be Yi's favorite image for itself. It's a life-giving source, the one thing that does not change. The well, moving the city, not moving the well, without loss, without gain, they come and go. The well wells. When we're living through and creating great change, we need that deep resource to draw on. The heart of the reading, its moving lines, and I'll explain how that works in the next part of the course. Say, bound with yellow cowhide, a very secure bond. How Yi holds the questioner fast to the realities of her situation, and also how the questioner ties on her strongest walking boots at the beginning of a reading. And. Your own day, so make radical change and set forth. Good fortune, no mistake. Regrets vanish. There is truth and confidence. Changing mandate. Good fortune. Ye is for your own day, for revolution and new callings, clear connection and the dissolution of regrets. And the way it works is astonishingly simple. But before we go on, this is a good moment to collect what you need to get started. The first thing you'll need is a copy of the Eching itself in a good quality translation. Here are three options to begin with. You can visit Bradford Hatcher's website, hermetica.info. That's h-e-r-m-e-t-i-c-a dot i-n-f-o. And look for Volume One of his extraordinary freeing. Download Volume One and unzip the PDF file. It's a bit more beginner-friendly than Volume Two, but you'll want to get Volume Two as well for later. Your second option: visit yijing.nl. This is Lisa Heber's site. It's at yijing.nl. That's a lovely online translation. Or you could buy my book. If you search on Amazon Com or Co UK for Hillary Barrett Eaching, you'll find it. You only need one of these to get underway, but it will be great to have all three. Beyond the jargon, as I said, the word Yi actually means simple, as well as change, and this name's a good fit. This may not be the impression you've got so far. And that's because the Yijing has its own little forest of jargon to get lost in when you're new. So I'll show you the working parts and decipher the jargon first, and then how to cast a reading. If you don't run through the working parts first, it all sounds a bit like flibble making, which goes something like this: You're going to make a flibble. You need four simple ingredients: blub, twitbin, blib, and furble. 
First you glinge the blup and twitbin together. You can easily tell when you've glinged them enough because the twitbin becomes paler in colour. Well, what are you waiting for? Get glinging. This flibble isn't going to make itself. So you don't understand a word, you have no hope of making a flibble, and you might as well give up. True. Of course, if I'd said you're going to make a cake, your four ingredients are sugar, butter, flour and eggs, and you need to beat the butter and sugar together, and so on, this becomes a bit more doable. You just need to know what the basic ingredients and processes are, and then you can get going. And anything from Victoria sponge to pineapple cake with lemon frosting could be in your future. Yijing readings can sound a lot like flibbles. Primary hexagram, relating hexagram, changing lines. Oh, how interesting! All the moving lines are in the inner trigram. Right, start glinging the blup. But happily, the yi is a whole lot simpler than cake making. Thank goodness. You might want a reading from me, but believe me, you do not want me to make you a cake. A reading has exactly two ingredients and one process. The I Ching's two ingredients are two kinds of line, broken, yin, and solid, yang. These are the deep roots of a traditional Chinese idea, that the relationship of yang and yin gives rise to all there is. Yang and yin aren't fixed. They're ways of relating, and they only exist in relation to one another. You can see that this is true from the modern Chinese characters for yin and yang. Yin shows the shaded side of a hill, yang shows the sunny side. You can't have half a hill, and you can't have yin without yang, or yang without yin. Yang is dynamic. It starts things and drives them forward. It's bright and vivid. It acts. Yin is more passive, receiving and responding. It's dark and open. It's acted on. Building with lines. These two kinds of line are stackable. They build up into hexagrams, groups of six lines. The energy flows upwards through the lines of a hexagram, from the bottom line to the top. You could think of them as footprints, visible signs of the way everything is moving. And you can also understand a hexagram as the relationship of two natural energies painted in trigrams, groups of three lines. More on trigrams later. There are 64 different hexagrams, which work more or less like chapters of the Yi Jing. Each hexagram and line is melded with its own words, and the whole is woven together in a dynamic structure, like a living cathedral. When you consult the Yi Jing, all you're doing is casting one of these hexagrams. For example, the 24th hexagram represents return and rebirth, any situation that's completely turned around and begins afresh. Hexagram 24 has one solid line in the first place at the bottom, and five broken lines above it. So the yang energy of light and initiative is represented only in that first bottom line. It's just beginning to enter the situation. There's a tradition that this hexagram represents the winter solstice, the darkest moment of the year, that's also the moment when light begins its return. The dark, quiet yin still dominates the situation. This isn't an instant return like flicking a light switch. 
and people who receive this hexagram are often feeling impatient. But the yin lines are open to welcome the returning yang. They offer no resistance. You can see how in time it will grow and surge up through the hexagram. Each hexagram has its name. This one is called returning, and associated oracle text. This one reads, Returning, creating success. Going out, coming in, without haste. Partners come, not a mistake. Turning around and returning on your path, the seventh day comes, you return. Fruitful to have a direction to go. This book will speak to you. There are hundreds of translations of the Yijing, all striving to capture the richness and simplicity of the original ancient Chinese. The Yijing's words paint vivid miniatures, tell stories, give advice, subtly allude to myth and history. And they're enriched by strong connections to their ancient image roots. This means that if you're naturally drawn to word painting and storytelling, talking with Yi will come naturally to you. But the same is true if you're fascinated by structures or images or movement. Its visual imagery speaks to artists. Its words speak to poets. Its rhythms speak to musicians and dancers. Its structures speak to engineers. No matter how your imagination works, it will work in conversation with the Yi. And this is the real reason why people have been coming to Yi for help for some 3,000 years. It draws you into conversation. People experience it more as a person than as a book. Nor is this some fluffy New Agey notion. The Great Treatise, from around 200 BC, says, Yi is a book that cannot be far away. Its Tao is ever-changing. It gives warning without and within, shedding light on trouble and its causes, not as a commander or guardian, but as if mother and father drew near. Change as everything is always moving and changing, things with yin qualities are constantly becoming more yang, while yang becomes more yin. This is the basic Chinese understanding of every cycle of nature. Sun shines out, yang, then sets, yin. The moon waxes, yang, and wanes, yin. The summer changes to autumn, and winter changes to spring. The Yi Jing, Book of Change, works in the same way. The two kinds of line can change into one another. So when you consult the Yi, your answer begins as a single primary hexagram, capturing the essence of what's involved. But you might also catch any one of its six lines in the moment of changing into its opposite. So from the two kinds of line, there are four distinct energies that can be present. Yang Yin, which has just become yin and will be stable for a while, that's the broken line. Old yin, which is just changing into yang, that's a broken line written with an x in the space in the middle to show that it's changing. Young yang, newly yang, stable for now, that's the solid line. And old yang, changing into yin, that's a solid line written with a circle in the centre to show that it's changing. You've probably seen the symbol for Taiji, or Great Pole, also called the yin-yang symbol. That's the circle with the black and white interlocking tadpoles swimming round it, um, the white tadpole with a black eye and the black tadpole with a white eye. The symbol may be some 2,000 years younger than Yi's changing lines, 
but it represents the same concept. Yin and Yang change into one another ceaselessly, and each contains the seed of the other. The hexagram of your answer can contain any combination of these kinds of line. Usually, one or two lines are changing their state. Sometimes none change. Very occasionally, everything is in flux, and all six are changing. When lines change, associated with every line of the Yi Ching is a line text. If a line is changing or moving, you read its text. An image telling you exactly where you stand or might choose to stand, in relation to the landscape painted by the hexagram as a whole. Moving lines also show you a further perspective on your question: the relating hexagram. When every moving line in a reading changes to its opposite, broken becoming solid, solid becoming broken, this reveals a second hexagram. You call the hexagram you cast the primary hexagram. And the second underlying one, the relating hexagram. It tends to show where you stand in relation to the original primary hexagram, and the moving lines light up to show where and how this relationship works. Trigrams, an invention in the same sense that Newton invented gravity. That's from Cyril Jarry describing the discovery of the trigrams. Before you get started on casting your own Yijing reading, it'll really help to familiarize yourself with trigrams. Partly just because when you cast a hexagram, you'll be using its two component trigrams to look it up, but also because trigrams are part of interpretation. The two trigrams that make up each hexagram tell you something about its meaning, and because you already know them. You may or may not already know the three-line pictures. But you're perfectly familiar with what they represent: sky and earth, thunder and mountain, water and fire, lake and wind. Trigrams are like the primary colors used to paint a hexagram. Just pretend for a moment that there are eight primary colors. They're the Yijing's paint box. A diagram that shows all eight trigrams arranged around an octagon is called a bagua. Ba means eight, and gua means figures or images for divination. It's the Chinese character we translate as both trigram and hexagram. Its early form includes the character for divination, which represents cracks made in bone or turtle shell in the old way of divining. Here's an excerpt straight from the I Ching Foundations course, taken from the soundtrack of the video on trigrams. The complete trigrams module goes on to share some examples and describe how to recognize trigrams in human behavior, but that's for later. But you can see meaning in the line patterns themselves. Each is a kind of energy diagram of a natural force as we observe it. Qian represents heaven. The sky is continuous; nothing breaks or interrupts it. At every level of it, we can see, from clouds to moon to stars, it's in constant motion that cannot be impeded. So the trigram Qian, with only solid lines, looks like heaven. Heaven moves and acts without pause. Qian is translated as active or creative, like the movement of the stars. It endures, it inspires, drives, and energizes without pause. The information spiraling through DNA, the electricity and the wire, the inspiration behind a symphony—all those could be Qian.
Kun represents earth. The plains of the earth are interrupted by rivers and cracked by drought. The soil is broken open by plant roots and even the smallest shoots. So the trigram Kun, with only broken lines, is earth. Earth is acted on. Kun also translates as earth, and earth provides. It provides space. It's open to receive every initiative, and it supports and nurtures without limit. Jun represents thunder. The Chinese experience thunder as rising swift and unimpeded from under the earth. So the trigram Jun, with its single solid line moving in the depths of earth-like broken lines, represents thunder. Jun translates as shake, shock, arousing. It surges up swiftly. It makes you jump. It sets things in motion. It's the spark of life. As spring thunder, it awakens a dormant world and jumpstarts its growth. Shun represents wind and wood. Heaven acts on earth below it through the wind. We see it moving the plants. So the trigam Shun, with two solid heaven-like lines moving high above a single earth-like broken line, looks like wind and wood. Shun can be translated as penetrating, adapting, or submitting. The wind adapts to the contours of whatever it encounters. It follows the line of least resistance and gently penetrates the smallest spaces. Roots penetrate the soil in the same way, gradually, unstoppably. Wind also shapes everything it encounters. Every tree and blade of grass shows the direction of the wind. Khan represents running water. It carves deep ravines through the center of the plain and flows in underground rivers as the veins of the earth. So the trigram Khan, with one solid line moving between two banks of broken lines, represents running water and deep pits. Khan translates as chasm. Water carves the ravine deeper as it flows and falls into it. Water is without form, swirling, falling, dissolving, chaotic. Li represents fire, which clings to its fuel and illuminates its outline. The trigram Li, with two solid lines surrounding the broken line they act on, resembles fire and light. Li is translated as separating, yet also has the association clinging and holding together. As it rises, fire illuminates. It makes visible all the patterns of relationship, both distinctions and connections. Gun represents the mountain. Gazing up at the mountain, we see the sky is moving above it. And in Chinese myth, some mountains are the pillars that support the heavens. So the trigram Gun, with its single solid heaven line above two earth lines, represents mountain. Gun stills and closes. It translates as standing still and resisting movement. The mountain stands still and marks the boundary where a traveler must stop. It can also contain, protect, and shelter. And finally, Dwei, which represents the lake or marsh. When you look into a lake, you can see the continuous movement of heaven's clouds and stars reflected in its depths. Below a rippling surface, moved and evaporated by the wind. So Dwei, with a depth of solid lines moving under a single open, moved line, represents lake and marsh. 
Duay means joy and exchange. The lake waters circulate and mix. Its surface reflects brightly. The wetlands are loud with teeming life. Duay is exuberant communication, an outpouring of vitality. Those are the trigrams: Chien Heaven, Kun Earth, Jun Thunder, Khan Water, Gun Mountain, Shun Wind, Li Fire, Duay Lake. They're everywhere. Here's an example: Trigrams in hexagrams. As you know, each hexagram is made of two trigrams. The lower three lines form the lower or inner trigram. The top three, the upper or outer trigram. Since the trigrams represent fundamental ways energy moves, their interactions create new layers of meaning in the hexagrams. A quick example: fire, the energy of life and awareness, naturally flames up. The reflective, cheerful lake tends to rest or sink downwards. So when the lake is below the fire, inner trigram lake, outer trigram fire. Then you have hexagram thirty-eight, opposition, with the two forces living together but constantly pulling apart. But if the two trigrams are reversed, so that the fire is rising up towards the lake, in a trigram fire, out a trigram lake, then the result is hexagram forty-nine, radical change. The two opposed energies interact. Clear inner vision comes to expression, and the result is revolutionary. In the text you normally see associated with the hexagram, it's the image that describes the component trigrams and how a wise person might work with those energies. In the center of the lake, there is fire, radical change. A noble one reckons the heavenly signs and clarifies the seasons. Now you're familiar with all the working parts of the I Ching, the lines, their change, the trigrams. You're ready to put a question to the oracle. Your question. Before you consult the oracle, you need to know the question you're asking, and that's the whole point of putting your question into words, so that you know what you're asking. There's more on finding your question in the final module of this course and the first module of the foundations course. But for now, here are four simple question templates that work well. What do I need to understand about this? What best to do about this? How can I? And what if I? You'll notice that these are all about your own understanding and choices, not about what anyone else might think or do. This is intentional. Just complete one of these. If in doubt, you really can't go wrong with the first one, and write down what you'll be asking me. So to apply this, write your question down now. Write it in a paper journal or record it on your phone or computer or tablet. Either is fine, but don't start casting until you've done this. Believe me, consulting the I Ching without knowing what you're asking is a perfect recipe for confusion. Casting a hexagram. In this part of the course, you'll be introduced to the simple three-coin method of casting a I Ching reading. You'll cast your own first reading, and you'll start to connect with it and understand it. 
This is where we get down to brass tacks. Now you've chosen your question, how do you actually consult the oracle? This three-coin method is the most popular, and you can use it straight away. It needs no special equipment, and the only preparation is to know your question and hold it in mind. You'll need your question, written down and held in awareness, three coins, and a Yijing translation. If you don't have a book yet, you can visit yijing.nl, that's y-i-j-i-n-g dot n-l, for an excellent online translation to start you off. To cast the hexagram, take your coins. Any three coins of the same denomination, with heads and tails you can tell apart, will do fine. Years of talking with Yi have convinced me that the cosmos is practically bursting with desire to speak with you, and show you the meaning just below the surface. So it doesn't in the least matter what you use. Just opening yourself and listening is enough. Throw the three coins together. Each head counts three. Each tail counts two. Add up the values of the three coins. The total will be six, seven, eight, or nine. For example, head, three plus head, three plus tail, two, makes eight. These four numbers, six, seven, eight, or nine, translate into the four kinds of line you saw before, like this. A six is a changing broken line called old yin. That's the one written as the broken line with a little x in the space in the middle. A seven is an unchanging solid line called yang yang. An eight is an unchanging broken line called yang yin. And nine is a changing solid line called old yang. That's the one written as the solid line with a little circle in the middle to show it's changing. Or if you'd rather not have numbers to remember, just remember that three tails is a changing broken line. Two tails, one head is an unchanging solid line. Two heads, one tail is an unchanging broken line. And three heads is a changing solid line. Record the line you've received. This is line one of your hexagram, the bottom line. Remember, a hexagram's always built from the ground up, like a house. Repeat the same process five more times, working from the bottom up to the sixth and last line. Write down all six lines as you go, and you have your primary hexagram, the basis for your whole answer. There's no more casting to be done. Trace the changes. Now, did you get any changing lines? If you didn't, this hexagram is your whole answer. Read the basic texts and commentaries in your translation, but none of the line texts. I'll share more ideas on how to respond to a single hexagram unchanging answer later on. If you did receive changing lines, then let them change. Every old yin line, six, becomes a yang yang. And every old yang line, a nine, becomes yang yin. The other lines, the sevens and eights, stay the same. The hexagram revealed by these changes is your relating hexagram. When your reading has changing lines, you need to read the basic texts for the hexagram you cast, your primary hexagram, the basic texts for the hexagram revealed when the changing lines are changed, your relating hexagram, and the texts associated with the specific lines that are changing in your primary hexagram. So, for example, if you had primary hexagram 36, brightness hiding, 
with its second line changing, that would give the relating hexagram 11 flow, and you'd read the basic texts for hexagrams 36 and 11, and the text for line 2 of hexagram 36. Looking up your answer. Your copy of the I Ching should include a reference table that lays out the hexagrams by their component trigrams. You can use this to find the number of your hexagram by separating it into those two groups of three lines, the trigrams. You find the lower and upper trigrams on the chart and use them to identify your hexagram. Then you turn to this hexagram in your book and read your answer. If any of the lines are changing, you look up the first hexagram in just the same way. Then your answer includes the special text for those lines, and also the hexagram revealed when they're all changed. So look up the changed hexagram, the relating hexagram, in the same way. There's a convenient shorthand you can use to tell someone else you're reading. One we often use in the Yijing community. I think it originated with Brad Hatcher. You simply write the numbers of the hexagrams and lines that are changing. So, for instance, hexagram 42 with changing lines 2 and 5 becoming hexagram 41 would be written 42.2.5 to 41. This works better than using the hexagram names, because those are translated differently in different books. And that's all for now. The next episode contains the second half of this course where I give you an overview of the different parts for reading, suggest how to get started with interpretation, and talk about how to ask clear questions. To make sure you get that episode, and all the ones to follow, please visit onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the podcast. And thank you for listening.